With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Welcome to Cavs HQ presented by Betway. Thank you for joining us on the Cleveland Cavaliers Radio Network. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Alcorn and Jim Jones. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Cavs HQ presented by Betway. Great to have you with us as we come down the home stretch of this 21-22 Cavalier regular season. Jim, 75 games in, seven more to be played, and who would have thought uh, way back at training camp and preseason, we'd be talking about what the Cavs need to do to strengthen their postseason aspirations. Well, the Cavs met all expectations and uh, exceeded them. That's pretty obvious now. But uh, when the season started, they had some possibilities, but they were vague. But as the season went on, their consistency of play, the unquestioned toughness of this young group of kids came on display. The thing that I'm most impressed about is the consistency of the message that J.B. Bickerstaff gives us in the pregame and the postgame. And anytime we sit and talk to him, he has not wavered from the total team commitment that we have to do it together. And that's what I love about this team. That's a great point. Well, of course, uh, with the regular season winding down and postseason right around the corner, We're going to talk about that tonight on Cavs HQ. Our first guest will be Joe Gabriel from Cavs.com. He does extraordinary work in covering the Cavs for Cavs.com. And then with Dallas looming tomorrow night on the Cavs schedule, we thought we'd hear the Mavericks side of the story. We'll talk to their radio play-by-play voice, Chuck Cooperstein. So stay with us. Cavs HQ presented by Betway. And we'll be back with Joe G following this on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Welcome back to Cavs HQ, presented by Betway on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Tim Elkhorn, along with Jim Jones. Let's not forget the dynamic duo who produce it and put it all together, Marty Allen and Kurt McLaughlin. And we welcome back to Cavs HQ, Joe Gabriel from Cavs.com. Of course, we've had Joe on several times throughout the year. His insights are just tremendous. And boy, if you're not reading and really digging into what Joe G puts together on Cavs.com, 
you're missing out. So uh, head to Cavs.com and check out what Joe G has to offer. And Joe, as always, great to have you on the show. We really appreciate it. And the first thing I want to talk about and ask you about, and I'm sure Jim will chime in, uh, following the win last night over Orlando, the Cavs have guaranteed themselves a winning record. Kevin Love talked about this with Jim and I last night on our post-game show. And just talk about what that means. And when you look back to training camp and preseason, I mean, who would have predicted a winning season for this basketball team? Just talk about the magnitude of that. Yeah, I mean, like with the previous win, they equaled the win totals of the previous two seasons, 22 and 19. So, I mean, wow. it's been making huge strides. And this team last night and with that 41st win, especially last night, though, plants their flag and says the LeBron era is, has passed. And we are now, we're the new stakeholders of this team. We're the new owner. We, we own this team now. And Jim can attest to it in that there was the Miracle team. There was the Lenny Mark Price team. There was the, I mean, we've seen all these eras and we're now seeing the start of it. This is now uh, the start of something, and I think the start of something big. Joseph, uh, the uniqueness of this one, I think, is that uh, we're getting in the chance to see at least two superstars develop. Yeah. I mean, yes. that's rare. You know, usually you get a guy that, that that goes from one team to another, and he's already established. Talk a little bit about Mobley and also about the young, great Garland. Yeah, I mean, I... I've said this to people and people may think I'm crazy or a homer. I don't know. I think for both of them, I think they both have hall of fame potential. I agree. I and I really you. mean that. And I know, I know it sounds crazy to say that about kids that young, but I'm saying it because they are that young. I mean, for a kid Darius Garland's age to be averaging double digit assists, this kid can score in, in chunks if he wants to, to be able to average double. I mean, he's, Fifth double-double in the last six games. What he's doing at such a young age is incredible. And, again, the, the, it's just a, within a couple of years, he'll be averaging 24-25. And the assists will come because that's his game. And then when you talk about Mobley, <laughs> really, I think he has Hall of Fame talent. He's great on both ends, and he's just getting better. And it'll, it'll come with – and he has the mindset. Both of them have the mindset, the maturity. Uh, they're not knuckleheads. They're, you know, they both have Hall of Fame potential, and <laughs> we're lucky enough to be here to witness it. And and I really, I really feel that way. I know it's crazy, but that's how I feel. Well, Joe, I want to circle back to how I started things then with training camp and preseason and looking at these two guys. I certainly thought Darius Garland would be an improved basketball player. I thought he would mm -hmm. take his game to another level, and we certainly knew the potential of one Evan Mobley. But, boy, did any of us see both of these guys taking their game to the level that they have this season? No, there's no – I mean, any, if anyone said that, they're a bigger homer than the three of us, man. <laughs> <laughs> there's, I mean, I thought they – I'm with you. I thought he would be – I thought he'd be much better. I thought the uh, USA basketball experience in Vegas would help him out tremendously. I expected him to take a big jump but not this big of a jump. And also he's made a jump within the season. He's gotten better as the season's worn on uh, with Darius. I mean, other than, you know, I mean, since he's come back from his back 
injury, he's been incredible. At the back end of that road trip, that last West Coast road trip, he was incredible. Uh, so he's gotten better as the season's worn on. Evan Mobley, people thought he would be really good, but no one thought he'd be this great. And uh, really, he, he by next year, he should be – I expect him to be playing at a near all-star level, and it'll just go up from there. The more weight he adds, the more – experience he gets and also remember he'll be going back from taking lumps at center back to back to the four uh, so he's got that experience the sky is truly the limit for him yep I, I agree joe the other day i did an event at uh, lexus on brook park road and they had kobe altman we had uh, ed davis and we had uh, colin sexton mm-hmm. and uh, i asked kobe uh, about garland and where did it start? You know, Kobe is a USA basketball guy, you know, exactly. he, you know, and uh, he said, we got him into that in that gym. And that was the turnaround. He had a chance to go against the best in our league every day, mm-hmm. every day. And then he found it. He said, you know what? I belong here. And that was the rude awakening. I, uh, you know, and those are the little things that you get from Kobe Altman. Joe, you know, we have an extensive analytic group and staff, but the uniqueness of them, they've been able to combine fundamental basketball, grassroots basketball with analytics, and they came out with these two unique kids. And I'm not leaving Jared Allen out but because I usually don't talk about guys that are injured, but Jared Allen, you know, talk a little bit about him. The thing about Jared Allen that's kind of funny, and, and I believe I'm right on this, and, and I'm, I'm, if I screw up, I'm, I hope I don't. Uh, I think he's 23 or 24. So... He's, either way, he's under 25 years old, and you think about Jared Allen because he seems like such an old soul. <laughs> he does. He seems. Like, <laughs> he does. He seems like such a grown-up. <laughs> you know, what I mean, even compared to to, to us, <laughs> to me anyway. Uh, he's just he's such a grown-up, so he seems like an old soul. But there's another fundamental building block, and you look at the record we have with him. And I, Jim, I've heard you say this a, a bunch of times about how he's really the catalyst for the team in that. You look when he plays well, you look at the team's record. Yep. He's kind of the, the linchpin for the team. But also, I want to say this about Jared Allen. The team misses, and, and, and JB talked about it last night. The team misses him on the court. They miss his points and his rebounds and block shots and all that. Where they miss him, I think, big time is his spirit and his yes. energy. Yes. He brings a certain energy that can't be replaced by a player. You know, and 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 I think that that's where the Cavs have kind of fallen off here a little bit is that aside from his points and rebounds, they miss his energy and his mojo. They miss him. Kevin Love said it last night. Again, the strength of the team of their team is the team. And when you take a, a, a big piece like that out, you, you see the results. I think that goes back to JB in regards to the team first mentality. He's been preaching that all season long. We're a better sum of the parts than we are as individuals. Yes, absolutely. Speaking of that, and you talk about JB, one of the greatest things I think we did this year, and sometimes people laugh about it, it's kind of cheesy, the, the junkyard dog chain. Yes. You know, everybody, everybody laughs, it's kind of funny. But when you think about the genius of it, I think Darius said this maybe, you know, anybody can try for the most points. You know, I mean, that's, but what good is that for the team? If, if you're a guy who's trying to hustle the most, pounds and, and dive on the floor the most and, and do all that stuff. The things Dylan Windler did last night, yep. 
guys Coro does or Lamar Stevens, guys that aren't going to score the most points or put up the biggest numbers. It's genius because it rewards the dude who fights the hardest. JB has, has done a masterful job this year because, like you said, the, the, the strength, it, it's based on the unit, the team. It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Well, Jim, I'm going to sneak in a quick timeout, and then we'll start with you on the next segment. Again, Joe Gabriel is our guest. He joins us on Cavs HQ, presented by Betway on the Cavaliers Radio Network. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back. Cavs HQ, presented by Betway on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Great to have Joe Gabriel from Cavs.com stopping by to pay Yours truly and Jim Jones a visit. Jim, uh, you were about to ask a question as we closed out the first segment. So get things rolling here in segment two. Okay, thank you, Tim. Joe, this is the stretch run. Talk a little bit about, look, we have injuries. Lineups are changing daily. Uh, continuity has suffered. But this is a different season, isn't it? Just trying to finish. Just trying to get this whole, yeah, trying to wrap this whole thing up. I'll tell you what I like about the finish of the season and so much hinges on health and how Mobley, you know, what his diagnosis is Sure, that we're getting on the road a little bit, because I think this team has done its best growth this year on the road. The home schedule has been fun. The crowd's been incredible this year, as good as it's ever been. So home court advantage has been great, but the team itself has done its best growth on the road. The two West Coast trips, yes, big wins, a win in that big win in Toronto early in the year. This team has done its best growth on the road, and you guys go on the road. You've been on the road forever. You know how it goes. When you're on the road, it's you versus them. It's a whole arena versus you. It's you getting off the bus, and you're the enemy. There's something about it that changes you, and and really, you know, it, it kind of touches you in a primal way. And I think. It's going to help the Cavs down the stretch to get on the road and have to win on the road. And they have to win on the road. You can't get down early. you got to bring it right from the start. So we'll see. I think that's an interesting take because for a young basketball team, the road can be the biggest challenge. And yet they look at it as a challenge, but one that they can overcome. They bring that mentality, Joe. I think that's a real interesting take on your part. Well, I mean, they, they pride themselves on being these dogs. They back it up. They don't just say it. Everybody can say we're, we're dogs, but they do. And they really fight. They don't quit. And the road tests you in that way. Again, when they go to Atlanta, Atlanta's hungry. They need it. New York, they're still kind of hungry. I mean, when you go on the road here, Brooklyn, it's going to be a real challenge. And, and you're going to separate, you know, boys from the men. And, and let's see. But I think the Cavs this year have done their best on the road. I can't wait for these two games this weekend, uh, Atlanta and New York. I want, I want to see how they do on the road. And I think this is where you're going to define the season right here. I agree, Joe. I definitely agree because if they're lucky and fortunate enough, uh, well, it won't be luck. But if they're fortunate enough to win the next two games, there's a possibility they could jump all the way just maybe a half a game behind fifth place. I mean, that's how crazy, that's how crazy this thing is. And I love the idea of having the play-in, but nobody really wants to play that play-in. <laughs> Especially if you might end up having to play the Nets. <laughs> Right. What kind of reward is that? You know what I mean? Uh, although the Cavs, you know, the Cavs, 
I mean, so far this year, they've matched up well against, and so far they've just matched up well against the Mets. Yeah, surprisingly, yeah. It comes down to health. But yeah, let's, uh, I really, like I said, I want to see how they do on the road. And I think you're going to see, yeah, you're going to see what they're really about. Depending on health, uh, let's see how we do. Again, we're talking with Joe Gabriel. He joins us on Cats HQ, presented by Betway. Joe, of course, does incredible work for Cavs.com. And, Joe, I want to head down a different path right now because the three of us, while we're enjoying this year's team and watching this season unfold, uh, we also, all three of us, I think, uh, know the incredible history and the legacy of this Cavalier organization. And last weekend, uh, just a phenomenal night with the Cavs wall of honor. I know uh, you covered that extensively and were involved with that. And I'm sure there'll be all sorts of things going up and already are on Cavs.com. But just talk about what that meant to you to see that type of talent on the floor. And of course, wisdom off the floor with Gordon Gund and Lenny Wilkins uh, and what it meant to bring that type of history into Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse for one very special evening. That was, it was incredible. This one, you know, I mean, the first one was, was tremendous, but this one was just really special. And hearing some of the great stories, I mean, that's, that's just one great thing about, you know, Lenny Wilkins delivering groceries to Jackie Robinson. That was amazing. That amazing, was amazing. story. Yeah. Right. And, 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 you know, I mean, and, and hearing Campy's story about growing up with, uh, you know, in a family of 10 and being in a two bedroom house, it explains Campy and hearing about his father, it explains Campy to you about how team matters and the individual, you know, has to take a back seat for the team and stuff like that. Uh, hearing about Gordon Gunn, <laughs> the story, uh, him and Zilberto, who was great about, uh, <laughs> About the uh, you know having the bottles of wine in New York, I mean it was <laughs> everything was just hearing these stories was just tremendous. And then I got to talk to some of the guys kind of backstage after the ceremony, and the stories kept coming. And also, I have to say this: and as much as I love the Miracle Team, uh, I, I love that team. That was my first exposure to the Cavs as a kid. My guy was World Be Free, man. When I was like a <laughs> world was the king man because he was so cool and he brought something and the Cavs were and Jim you know this and Tim you know it as well Cavs were a dying franchise yes and there was nothing and it was boring and, and terrible and poorly run and all of a sudden world came in this guy who was, was this unique looking dude who had this weird cool jump shot you know and he changed everything and I'm glad that he was recognized for that and he's <laughs> he's as cool now as he was then. And uh, I, I interviewed him. And there's a piece on Cavs.com just about, about the helicopter landing. <laughs> Here he was. <laughs> How long they were flying over the trees. <laughs> so it was, it was such a great weekend. And let me just say this, uh, and Jim, you can attest to this. And one day Jim will be on that wall, I'm sure. I was happiest for Campy Russell because Campy always does take a back seat. And he always puts... Everyone's in front of him. He always puts all the legends in front of him. Yes, he does. It was nice for Campy to finally get his recognition. And he was a great ball player, you know what I mean? Uh, but he's a, a greater person, and I was most happy for him to be recognized. Well, Joe, you're being, uh, I think, overly modest. I'm going to tell uh, – I'm going to go another level. I was sitting with Campy 
at the dinner over at Red's. You know, Red's has those $200 steaks, but I don't eat steak, so I couldn't partake. <laughs> but we were talking, and uh, I said, man, this is a great idea event. He said, oh, wait a minute. This is how campy is. He said, no, I had an idea, and I sat with Joe Gabriel, and Joe mapped it out for me, how it should be, what we should do, and then I presented it to the cab. So you're being modest. You're a fundamental part of why wow. this great event happened, Joe, and you need to take some credit for that. You really do, because this was Rich Carlton quality. I mean, it was beautiful. Yeah, I, 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 hey, if I deserve any little small credit, that's great, but uh, you're right, Jim. It was, it was just great quality. I mean, and I wound up watching it again on Valley Sports. Everything it was top notch, top quality, and that goes to our ownership and Dale Gilbert and his group. Uh, yep. But and a lot of credit does go to Dan because it's important to recognize the legend in this organization. And uh, I'll say this as well: it was great to see Booby Gibson and yeah. Andy Berjau, and of course Zildrunas Ogowskis. And some of the recent guys, because they want to be a part of this. And guys that you're watching now, guys that you're watching play for the Cavs right now, they'll one day want to be a part of this. So it's incredibly important for the Cavs to be a family that you feel like you're all part of. And of course, Jim Jones, you're you're one of the big legends of the family. So I'm looking forward to that day too. Very well said. Well, on that note, Joe, we're going to let you go. We know you've got work to do, as do Jim and I, but we always appreciate you stopping by to join us. And with the postseason looming, how good does that sound? Uh, I'm sure we'll have you on again before uh, we call the season. But great to have you on, and we always, always appreciate you taking the time. Okay, thanks a lot, guys. I'll see you up in the Joe Kate Perch. Thank you. That works for us. That's Joe Gabriel from Cavs.com as he joins us on Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. Quick timeout and a lot more to come, so stay with us on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Recently, the Cavs held two Cavs mobile book fairs powered by First Energy. In partnership with First Energy and Scholastic, the mobile book fairs set up a wide variety of books and gave kids the great opportunity to select two new books to take home at no cost to them. The Cavaliers and Rock Entertainment Group remain committed to making a positive impact in the community and across the land throughout the year. Cavs in the Community is brought to you by Discount Drug Mart. We'll be back with more Cavs HQ presented by Betway after this on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Thirty-five points working at the top. Defended by Dragic with five to shoot. Right-hand dribble, cuts to the left to the free throw line with two turns, elbow jumper. Yes! With 22 seconds to go, Luka putting Dallas in front. Welcome back to Cavs HQ. It's presented by Betway on the Cavaliers radio network. And again, a great big thank you to Joe Gabriel from Cavs.com who stopped by and paid us a visit during the first segment of the show. And now we look ahead to tomorrow night because the Dallas Mavericks will be at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse to take on the Cavaliers. And we thought, well, if we're going to talk about the Mavericks game, who better than to join us than the radio play-by-play voice of the Dallas Mavericks, Chuck Cooperstein. And 
Chuck's been doing Mavericks basketball for quite a long time. This is now his 17th year behind the mic with Dallas. So, Chuck, great to have you on the show. Your first appearance on Cavs HQ, and it's very much appreciated. Well, it's uh, very much appreciated that you asked. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to the game tomorrow night. Uh, I think uh, the Mavericks are a decidedly different team than the one that you guys saw back at the end of November. Uh, and uh, given the stakes that are in play for both of these teams, it really should be quite an event. Well, this is a team in the Mavericks that's surging right now. Uh, what has really sparked this this terrific play that we've seen from Dallas as of late? Well, I, I think there are there are several things. One, I think the most obvious is that Luka Doncic got himself finally into the playing shape that he needed to get into after having uh, you know a slow start to the season. Now, you know one can. Uh, wonder why after playing all summer long uh, and playing high level ball all summer long, did he get out of shape as quickly as he did? Or how did he get out of shape as quickly as he did? But I, again, I guess we should all be that out of shape and still be able to average 25, eight and eight like Luca did. (laughs) But um, so, so he's, he's back to playing like Luca. And when he does that, and I know you guys obviously have had the experience, you know, with LeBron and his prime, when when 30, 10, and 5, you know, just seems ridiculously routine. And that's what he's doing right now. Uh, you have a team that has, for years, talked about playing defense, but now is actually committed to playing defense. And that has manifested itself really since early January, when this team now is the second best defensive rated team in the NBA behind Boston uh, since January 1st. And the overall number actually has gone up as the league has sort of figured things out after a slow start offensively, but they've been really good on that end, really committed on that end. Uh, And then, you know, there's the, the intangible of the coaching change uh, with Jason Kidd coming in to replace Rick Carlisle and the ability of, of, kid to be able to better connect not only with Luca but really with the entire team and the team inherently trusting that kid has their back that no matter what happens what he's doing is something that to them makes sense and so they will they will do anything and for instance you know just to to see show you how it went with kid uh, to the players, you know, the Mavericks played a game uh, in early February against Atlanta, and Luca picked up his third foul with about four minutes remaining in the first half. And under normal circumstances, just about any other NBA coach would send him to the bench and just, hey, you know, you got your three. Well, let's get to the third quarter. And Kid kept him in the game, and for no other reason that Kid wanted to see how he was going to play with three fouls, and he's done it with Dorian Finney-Smith too. Well, Luca picked up his fourth foul about a minute later. And so that one didn't necessarily work so well, but ultimately the Mavericks wound up winning the game. And Kidd has looked at this season as a series of experiments to get ready for the postseason. What will work? What doesn't work? You know, what substitutions work? Uh, what play do we run uh, ATO, you know, that, that works or, or doesn't work? It's just been one large lab uh, that, uh, you know, when you first try experiments uh, in, in your lab, oftentimes uh, you wind up breaking the beakers and the, and the test tubes and all that. Uh, and then as you go along, you kind of have it figured out and voila, you know, here you are and here they are. Now with a chance, uh, it would in fact be most surprising if they don't finish third 
in the Western Conference, which I think would have surprised most people before the season began. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, but I uh, talk a little bit about the acquisition of Dinwiddie, a guy who can take a little bit of that stress off of Dunchick. You no, know, Jimmy, it's it's one of those deals where you know the Mavericks have been looking for people to take some of that stress off Luca and Jalen Brunson. Uh, who a lot of people after last year's playoff thought would not be able to do that, clearly has been able to do that. But you want a third guy that's capable of doing that, and especially if one of those guys doesn't play. And, you know, Dinwiddie had not played well in Washington, had not shot the ball well, did not look like himself coming off the knee injury. And uh, for whatever reason, the chemistry issues uh, did not exist. There were chemistry issues in Washington, uh, and it just didn't work. And, you know, I, I was a big Porzingis fan, and I'll admit this full out. I mean, it, I think it's pretty hard to average 20 points, eight rebounds, two block shots in the NBA. But he just was not available enough for them. And yeah. uh, so the trade was made, and Dinwiddie, you know, a couple of games to sort of figure things out uh, where he was, he was kind of ordinary. But once the All-Star break came and went and he started playing with these guys, he's playing like an All-Star or he's certainly playing like a six-man-of-the-year candidate. Uh, he, he's been remarkable. And, and the way that all three of those guards, Doncic, Brunson, and Dinwiddie, play with and off of each other um, is, is something that I don't think anybody realistically could have expected uh, at this level when they made that trade. They, you always hope for something, uh, and then you hope it's going to be good but this has been great. It's been nothing short of fantastic. And obviously, Dinwiddie highlighted it with the two three-pointers to, to win games uh, in Boston and in Brooklyn. And uh, it's it's given the Mavericks a real chance to do something once the playoffs start. And if nothing else, also, it has given them an identity. Chuck, to follow up on that, it's a great question from Jim. How much of that goes back to Jason Kidd, who, of course, was a phenomenal guard when he played in the NBA. So he knows how to get guys in position and how to have guys become comfortable with one another on the floor. Well, I think it's it, that's a smaller part of a larger picture. It just the vision. And of course, there were a few guards that ever played in the NBA that had vision like Jason Kidd. Uh, but I do think Kidd has learned how to become a really good head coach. You know, you know, he had a stint in Brooklyn, had a stint in Milwaukee. They were kind of rocky. You know, he had an overall losing record in, in the four years that he was there. Uh, but the two years that he spent as an assistant with the Lakers uh, and working for Frank Vogel, uh, he will tell you completely changed him and, and taught him so many things about just how to prepare, how to coach the game, and maybe even more importantly, how to better deal with people. And he has just been, I think, a, a remarkable hire because I got to tell you that there were a lot of people, and I'll admit that I was among them, who said, you know, this can work, but uh, it certainly didn't seem like a slam dunk at the time the Mavericks made the hire. Uh, but it absolutely, it, it has been a rim-rattling slam dunk good hire for the Mavericks, and I think, you know, the record demonstrates that. No doubt. Again, we're talking with Chuck Cooperstein. He's the radio play-by-play voice of the Dallas Mavericks. Dallas in town tomorrow night for the Cavs' next home game as the Cavs will be at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse with a 7 o'clock tip on Wednesday. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll hear more from Chuck. So stay with us. 
It's Cavs HQ presented by Betway. And we're coming back after this on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Welcome back. It's Cavs HQ presented by Betway on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Great to have you with us. Tim Elkhorn along with Jim Jones and our special guest is Chuck Cooperstein. He's the radio play-by-play voice of the Dallas Mavericks. Of course, Dallas in town tomorrow night to take on the Cavaliers at another big ball game as far as the playoff chase is concerned for both of these teams. Of course, Dallas out west and Cleveland in the Eastern Conference. Jim Get us rolling here in segment two with Chuck. Chuck, everybody on the West Coast is talking about Memphis, but there's no one that has dominated like Dunchik has at that age. He can carry you in the playoffs. Now you've got Dinwiddie. You're playing defense. Uh, you're going to be positioned in a beautiful uh, spot. Uh, what, is, what is the perception and the forecast of, and the climate in the in the clubhouse and around the city about this team's possibilities of getting to the finals. Well, the finals. Wow. <laughs> and I, mean, I, I, think, like I think everybody would be happy since the Mavericks have not won a playoff series since they won the championship in 2011. If they right. just won a playoff series. I think they'll for, for now they'll take that and then you'll see where it goes from there. Uh, obviously, if you finish third, Uh, That would be most preferable because that gets you away from Phoenix for as long as you can possibly do that. And and the Mavericks won three out of four against Memphis during the regular season. So, I mean, that that would be the ideal. But I do think, in in fairness to your question, that people are getting excited. I mean, people are starting to feel it. And especially, you know, when when they're playing at home and they've just, you know, they've pulled out some remarkable wins uh, at home this year, come major comebacks and, uh, you know, big late game shots uh, and, and the building, which has always been loud and always been fun. You know, now it's it's loud. It's fun. And there is that sense of anticipation and certainly expectation uh, that they are going to win those games uh, where in the past few years, maybe there would have been some trepidation about that. So um, I, I think for the for the most part, everybody's been able to sort of keep their eye on the ball and just, you know, just play what's out in front of them. And realistically from the playoffs, you know, they played the Clippers the last two years. Don't know that they necessarily would have won the series in the bubble two years ago with everybody healthy. And of course, by that time, uh, Doncic had a sprained ankle and Porzingis was already gone. Uh, And certainly last year they had, they had every chance. They won the first two games. They then won game five uh, in, in Los Angeles, had a chance to clinch at home, didn't get it done, wound up losing at seven, you know, despite Luca being uh, absolutely magnificent in that series. Well, now he does have some help, and uh, they do have that experience. And, and how many times have we seen it in the NBA that you got to get knocked down a little bit before you, you jump up and ultimately you, you do some big things? I mean, the Suns last year were the true exception to the rule. You know, uh, never making the playoffs for a decade and then getting all the way to the NBA Finals. I mean, yeah. may, maybe from the Mavericks standpoint, uh, it, it could be kind of a repeat, not having won a playoff series, at least making the playoffs, but not having won a playoff series uh, in 11 years. But then making that huge run that uh, that you alluded to that I don't know that I'm quite ready to totally oh, no, wrap no, my no. arms around yet. Well, no, I meant the conference finals, you know, just to get yeah. to the conference finals, yeah. Well, um, you know, again, I think finishing – Finishing in the uh, in the bracket 
that is not on the Phoenix side of it would uh, would certainly help their chances the most. Exactly. Okay. You know, the, the, the Mavericks, the funny thing about the Mavericks and Phoenix, the Mavericks have lost, I think it's nine straight games to the Suns. The last five games they've played them over the last two years, they've had a lead of at least five points going to the fourth quarter of all those games Woo. and have lost those games. And have lost the, and and not only have lost those games, but have allowed Phoenix to score at least thirty points in all of those fourth quarters. And only one of those fourth quarters was the uh, margin uh, less than uh, less than ten points. Wow, that's an amazing statistic. Yeah, I mean, that it's, really it's is re- something. Well, I mean, look, Phoenix is the vampire. Okay, you're unless you drive a stake through their heart, you know, early in the game, and don't give them a chance. If they're hanging around in the fourth quarter, I don't like my chances against them. Uh, and no team should like their chances against them since they're 31 and six in the clutch this year. Wow, that's amazing. Chuck, of course, here in Cleveland, we're focused like a laser beam on the Eastern Conference. But uh, just your thoughts on the West. You're talking about Phoenix, and of course, they would be the favorite. But uh, how do you lump everybody else together out West? Everybody else has issues. Okay, you know, Memphis, Memphis had an amazing year, but they're so young and they're so playoff inexperienced. You know, I mean, are they are they capable of of doing any real damage? I mean, because the strength of their team has been their depth. And as we all know, when we get to the playoffs, depth really doesn't matter quite as much. Uh, Are their frontline players, you know, good enough to play 40 minutes a night and uh, and prevail? Uh, I think that, that that's interesting to see. Uh, you know, Utah is reeling right now. Uh, Golden State is reeling right now. You know, Denver is hanging in there on the magnificence of Jokic and, and just carrying that team. And they still may wind up winning the division and and getting, uh, you know, I guess the, technically the four seed, even though they might not have home court advantage for a playoff series. Um, you know, and then at the bottom, I mean, the Lakers – <laughs> the Lakers may not make it at all. I mean, they, they talk about a team that is an absolute free fall. And if, if LeBron and Anthony Davis are you know, still really in bad shape and we got what, 10 days to go in the season, that's not a really good sign for them. So uh, it's, it's fascinating theater over here, at, you know, at, on, in the middle level and actually in, at the play in position, the, the East, I think, is is dramatic, certainly in the top four, and uh, and certainly now is getting dramatic right where you guys are, you know, trying to get into the play-in, uh, trying to avoid the play-in, get into the playoffs uh, without having to worry about that. And uh, listen, if, if just from your guys' standpoint, the Cavaliers make it, and, you know, they've already had their, their first winning season uh, without LeBron and what, since 1998 or something like that, I mean, it's that's insane. I mean, just haven't made the playoffs, uh, you know, since he left, you, you've turned the page. Things are so good. and You're fighting so hard through so many injuries. Uh, I love the Cavalier story. Uh, and I really hope that they able, they're able to play that story out for real, not just in the playing, but for real uh, when the playoffs start. Well, Chuck, the only thing I can say is that uh, thanks for clarifying all of that. I appreciate it. But one thing I, that I like about Dunchy is that I didn't realize how tough he was. Were you guys surprised at how tough he was mentally and emotionally? No, uh, I wasn't. But I'll never forget the first time you saw Luca play. 
And and Luca went off in Cleveland. He had what, a 28-point first half, an 18-point quarter. And I remember you turning to me at halftime and saying, man, that's LeBron. That's yeah. LeBron. Right. And the, the more you, you look at him, he, he there is a lot of LeBron in his game. And listen, you know, LeBron always had to be mentally tough to be yeah. – from the time he was in high school and, and to be the chosen one and, and to do it in his hometown and all that stuff. And you see, you know, Luca having played with men uh, in the, in the second best league in the world at age 17 and 18 and prevailing there and being the, you know, the player of the year in Europe. I mean, the best player in Europe at 18 and then coming over and basically being able to do the same thing in the best league in the world. Um, I, you know what? I'm not surprised, Jim, that it happened. Uh, I am a little surprised that it happened as quickly as it happened. Yeah. Okay. Great stuff. Well, Chuck, uh, we know you've got the Lakers tonight, so uh, we'll let you get ready for that one. And in the meantime, uh, I know you won't be right next to us tomorrow night, but we really appreciate you taking the time to talk some Dallas Mavericks basketball as the Cavs get Thank ready you. for them on Wednesday. Great to have you with us. Thank you very much, Chuck. Thanks for having me. Wish I was next to you. And hopefully, uh, you know, next year when the world becomes a, a much more normal place that uh, we'll be back doing that. Sounds awesome. Chuck Cooperstein, he's the radio play-by-play voice of the Dallas Mavericks, joining us here on Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. We'll take a final time out and we'll wrap it all up right after this. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. Another fun show. Boy, Jim, the insights and the analysis and the thoughts from Joe Gabriel to start things off. And then, of course, the legendary voice of the Dallas Mavericks, Chuck Cooperstein, Dallas in town tomorrow night. So it was great to get some insights on them. Of course, they've got the Lakers tonight, so they'll be on a back-to-back. So hopefully the uh, long flight up will leave them a little fatigued for the Cavaliers tomorrow night. I hope so. Because that's just a load. I mean, every time I think about this kid, I think of a combination of uh, three people, Magic, LeBron, and, of course, the great Larry Bird. Uh, this this kid is fantastic. Uh, he's a must-see, must-listen-to radio game guy, you know, and because he does so many amazing things. But since they've added Dinwiddie and then uh, Jason Kidd has got to play in defense, they're going to be a tough out. Yeah, that was uh, really insightful from – Chuck Cooperstein to talk about the impact that Jason Kidd has had. Yeah, no doubt about it. So, again, a great big thank you goes out to Joe Gabriel and Chuck Cooperstein for joining us. Jim, as always, a huge thank you to you. Thanks, of course, to the dynamic duo, Kurt McLaughlin and Marty Allen. Biggest thanks goes to you, the listeners. I'll be back with you again tomorrow night. Cavs in Dallas from Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. That game will tip off at 7 the Huntington Tip-Off Show will come your way at 6.30. So until then, Jim Elkhorn saying once again, thank you so much for listening and so long, everybody. Everybody.